You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday morning, so it's time for What's News with Katie Katapodis, the co-founder of Nala Media and, of course, ex-News Supremo at 702 Talk Radio. We haven't spoken for a couple of weeks, Katie, for various reasons. What's been happening in South Africa from your point of view? It seems to have gone a little bit quiet from my point of view. So lots happening in South Africa, actually, uh, Lindsay. First and foremost, South African Airways is in deep, deep trouble, actually. Um, we knew this for a while now, but this uh, was exacerbated by a recent strike that um, that took place at SAA, which saw South African Airways cancel local and international flights for a short space of time. And I mean, this has had an absolutely devastating effect on the airline. Um, and in fact, one travel agency has taken the very, very bold move of publicly announcing that they will no longer sell SAA tickets. I also hear that other uh, travel agencies, while not being so public and vocal about it, are also quietly telling their staff not to push SAA tickets at all, because the future of this airline is totally up in the air, and nobody knows Mm. if they'll actually... Um, if they'll actually exist in a few weeks from now. Yes, you didn't realise what you just said. The future of the airline is up in the air, but in fact it might not be up in the air for quite a while because over the years that I lived in South Africa, which was, was 28 years, there was always mooted the idea of someone like Lufthansa or Swiss Air coming in and taking a stake and taking the airline over because, I mean, the Europe to Joburg and the Europe to Cape Town leg is highly, highly profitable, but it just seems to me that the internal organisation or the internal flights are the ones that really bring the airline down. It's a fascinating situation in a morbid sort of way. Well, it certainly is. And in fact, the unions took a very bold step last week and issued a dire warning and said, if you do travel SAA, you're actually taking your life into your hands. Oh. Yes, they were saying you don't understand, but it is very, very poorly maintained. The planes are extremely poorly maintained, um, and, and, and passengers are taking their life into their hands. SAA has, however, strongly denied this. Aviation experts are saying, well, look, it's alarmist, and it's a strike tactic of sorts. Uh, but it certainly is a very, very worrying issue. And, of course, December is now upon us, and many people have, in fact, booked on SAA for both local and international flights. The holidays. While I was scribbling down my notes for, for our chat, I put down flyer, and that means that you're a flyer because you're a businesswoman. And I, I said, would you fly SAA? And it, this comes down to exactly what the unions have been mooting. The fact is that if they're running out of money, then can they maintain their aircraft? And their, their aircraft, are, Mango's one thing, but SAA is another thing. Their aircraft are very, very old indeed. And it's a very worrying situation indeed. There was some talk of uh, Richard Branson, to use another pun, flying in and saving FAA, perhaps buying a stake in FAA, but it does not seem like that's going to happen. No, it's not. Anything else? I mean, we're talking about uh, negative things in South Africa. Anything positive, Katie? Or or give me another negative if you can. Well, what I can tell you is what was on the front page of the newspapers yesterday, most newspapers, is that... um, the hate speech laws in South Africa that so many people have come to use in court cases has been overturned by the Supreme Court of Appeal. And essentially, the Supreme Court of Appeal has ruled that the current hate speech laws in this country are unconstitutional. Now, this has got huge implications, Lindsay, for a whole lot of cases in which people were found 
people and or organizations, I must tell you, representing organizations were found guilty of using hate speech. So it certainly is uh, something that is going to have many legal eagles scratching their heads today, thinking, how are we going to overcome this? But it's a big ruling in South Africa, knowing that um, that hate speech has been used um, to challenge people who've used racially derogatory language, who have been um, anti-gay um, for that matter, and it's been used very, very widely. We now need to see what this means legally in the country. I'm sure that an organisation, for example, and I'm not singling them out, but I have to, the EFF must be looking at this quite carefully. Well, certainly the BLF, uh, Black First Land First, is looking at this very carefully because uh, uh, their leader has been found guilty of hate speech um, over time. So that's something that I think everyone's going to be looking at. And Afroforum um, keeps charging people with hate speech and vice versa. Um, so it really is long and complicated. So what we do know is that the Supreme Court of Appeal has now ruled that this is unconstitutional and it really is a huge landmark ruling um, which needs to be properly interrogated. We'll see what impact it has. Let's see what impact the uh, Black Friday event and today's Cyber Monday event has on retail stocks on the JSE Securities Exchange and on retail stocks worldwide and economies worldwide because we are a consumption-led economy in South Africa. And you know, I've got inside the knowledge Katie I have inside knowledge that you were out on Friday buying stuff you fell for the, you, you fell for this whole scam right not only was I out on Friday but in fact it was extended through the weekend and I was out yesterday as well I'll have you know <laughs> yeah but I mean you, you, but I did I fell for it um, I wasn't duped and I wasn't scammed hopefully and um, hopefully the things that I got at what I think were really great discounted prices weren't um, weren't falsely inflated to begin with, because that's been the thing that people have been complaining about here, falsely inflated prices to begin with. Uh, what I saw on the BBC about a week ago, just before Black Friday, so-called, uh, was that 90% um, of the deals are actually the same deals you can get every single day for the rest of the year. There's a 10% sort of marketing hype deal scenario where people go in and they, you know, they queue up for eight hours before in order to get a television for $10 or a hundred rand or something like that uh, but the rest of the deals you can just get on a, a much quieter Tuesday morning for example tomorrow morning which is when I'm going to do my Christmas shopping uh, but Katie you, you bought some good stuff did you? I did I did I did most of my Christmas shopping um, so I'm, I'm quite pleased with myself very good <laughs> congratulations <laughs> Sure, someone who's not pleased with himself at the moment is Prince Andrew. That's the other piece of news from the international international scene that has fascinated me. What a scumbag. Oh, wow. What a train wreck that interview was. Just watching it was the most cringeworthy thing that I have seen this year. It was a shocker, Lindsay. He actually had the temerity to say, I'm too honourable. That's why I did what I did, because I'm too honourable. Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, you know, we, we've seen the fallout now from that interview, but it really was dreadful. Uh, my, my, my least or perhaps most favorite part was, was when he claimed that he could never have been sweating profusely as the young woman claimed he was because he has a medical disorder, which I thought, oh, my word, I've never heard anything so diabolically pathetic. In all of my life. It's incredible, actually, that in a matter of a few days, a life has been destroyed. He will never, ever be in the public eye again, unless he's about 80 years old and he's giving another exclusive interview. He is finished. It's incredible the way that the media and social media can build people up and then bring them down so quickly. 
Yeah, I, I, I blame him entirely, though. I blame him entirely, and not and and not the media. I think I think he was very ill-advised, and the fact that he even did that interview was just ridiculous. Yes, it was, and his PR person has been sacked. Apparently, the final yeah. thing, and it's actually a very sad story. The London Bridge stabbings. Now, people will say in South Africa, well, people are stabbed every single day in South Africa, and therefore, uh, why do we worry about this? But what is the most distasteful thing to me is that this person was embraced by the United Kingdom. He, he and his family came to the United Kingdom. They received benefits. They received subsidized housing. Uh, he was then convicted and served an eight-year prison sentence for planning to bomb the London Stock Exchange. He was released early, and then he went to a conference in London from his home in Staffordshire and that was fully paid for and two people that had organized the conference and were helping the rehabilitation of prisoners like himself he stabbed them to death on the steps of this place and then ran onto London Bridge and he was overwhelmed by other people I find it so distasteful I mean distasteful is an understatement of course well did he not also have a fake bomb vest to himself? Yes, he did. People didn't care, that didn't, was, didn't was care about highly, that. Highly, yeah, it was just a nice It was terrible. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm sorry that yet again London has had this, this sense of fear and panic. Yeah, it's just the fact that the liberal society that is the United Kingdom has come back to bite it, if you see what I mean. I mean, the irony of the fact that the people that were helping him were, were killed by him leaves a really, really bad taste in my mouth. Doesn't mean that um, that that those those with liberal views should go back on them. However, just just putting it out there, Lindsay. No, and I, the parents of the young man who was twenty five years old said, "Do not let this incident make laws even more draconian," which is what Boris Johnson is saying. And I think that was very big of them, but I still I, I disagree them, with them entirely. Imagine if it was one of your children, Katie, that had been killed by this this person. It, how would you have felt? Would you have had the Would you have had the um, magnanimity? view of you know don't let this change change laws or would you have been uh, have a slightly different stance you know Lindsay I don't think one can comment on something like that um, unless one is in that situation I always think about the parents of Amy Beale do you ever remember Amy Beale the yes, young woman who came to the States and and who did the most outstanding work in informal settlements in South Africa and she ended up being murdered and I will always for the rest of my life remember the the her parents and you use the word magnanimous and i certainly think it applies to them in this instance um they did exactly that they you know they said please don't let it change your view of south africa or of the areas in which she was working they got the amy Beale foundation so i think it's very very difficult to say um if one hasn't been in such a horrific horrific situation but my heart goes out to these parents whatever their reaction at that moment my heart goes out to them Yes, I know my view. But anyway, Casey, well done for being uh, politically correct in that regard. Casey Katapodis is the co-founder of Nala Media in Johannesburg. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za. Visit strictlybusinesspodcast.com and subscribe to receive exclusive content straight to your inbox.